Hi everyone, this is Joe Garcia of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm just waiting for everyone to come into the room and start joining us. Going to be waiting for Dylan Emery, the blue collar sports dad. He will be joining us shortly. And as I stated, we're going to be talking a little bit about the ongoing of, in the sports world. Going to be recapping the NFL playoff weekend. Talk a little bit about all the bad calls that happened this weekend. And I know how, how Chiefs fans are feeling. And I also know how the the Saints fans are feeling right now with all the stuff that's been going on, all the missed calls or non-calls for that matter. So we're just waiting on Dylan. Here he is. I'm going to go ahead and bring Dylan on. All right, Dylan, I sent you the invite, brother. So let's see if you can get you in here. <laughs> What's up, David? <laughs> What's up, Dylan? Yeah, no, I'm not happy. I know you're not happy, man. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of bad calls this weekend. There were a lot of bad calls this weekend, especially for your Saints. And that's what we're going to talk about because me being a Cowboys fan, I know how you feel. When you leave it up to the refs and they make these bad calls that actually, this in your case, it's worse because they cost you guys a trip to the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl trip. Yeah. So I get it, yeah. man. I get it. And of course, you know, all the lovely cowboy fans made sure that they uh they trolled you a little bit, <laughs> including myself. I got nothing but love yeah, for you, did. Dylan. I got nothing but love for you, uh -huh. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it, it's funny to me because you think about it, and of course cowboy fans are gonna tell you the Green Bay game. Um, which is okay, that's fine. You have the Green Bay game. Des caught it. I said it earlier on Ticket 760. It's the Des Bryant curse, okay? Des Bryant signed with the New Orleans Saints. And we end up getting this kind of call. Uh, I guess Des was there, the pass interference, you know. And then the, the slap in the face, Joe, is the the immediate call to Sean Payton after the end of the game. Yeah, hey, Sean, we blew it. Yeah, what does that do for me now? Nothing. <laughs> you know, somebody brought up a good topic of conversation. They're like, I think it was Chris. I think I was watching Chris's show. And he was saying, what if they do a, have a do-over? because of all these bad calls and they play another game. How good would that be for revenue? Of course, somebody always, you risk the, the, the part of somebody getting injured. But I mean, when it, when the calls right? are this bad, come on, let's have a do over. Let's have an extra period of, of play. You know, it, it would be nice. Um, but you're too far along. You're already 24 hours into it. Yeah. Um, you can't take it back enough i mean technically speaking it is in the rule book to where he can reset this game but you're talking about four quarters everybody's really talking about the last two minutes here um you know and as a saints fan we blew it we got ourselves into this situation you're up 13 nothing you're in control of the game after the first quarter i will be the saints fan that tells you we had our opportunity to bury them at, at the beginning, and we didn't. And we went flat. We tried to be cute. Sean Payton's cuteness finally kicked them in the butt. Um, but that call, over the next two weeks, everybody will be talking about it. I think it's a terrible call, obviously. Um, and, and you just go from there. You know what I mean, Joe? I mean, you just you live day by day. Do the Rams win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm cheering for them, Joe, but I can be honest with you. I'm cheering for a tie. Let's just have a tie. <laughs> you know, I know how you're feeling, you know, and it's, it's like, you're going almost like you're, you're grieving. It's like a death in the family. 
You know, Carolina Teague knows all yeah. too well because she's a Bears fan. So she had to live with the double doink, and that that's going to sting, you know? And now you're dealing with this bad call at the end of, of the game, really, that cost you guys a Super Bowl trip. And it's not just you that had something to say about it. It was all over the national media. Every sports outlet yeah. was talking about it. And they were saying the same thing. It's like, in this day and age where we have instant replay, where plays can be reviewed, you have to un you have to wonder, is there some type of like conspiracy with Roger Goodell where he doesn't want a small market team in the in the Super Bowl? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, it opens the table for that, but at the same time, you you sit there and obviously this is going to change the rules now. I think pass interferences from now on will be reviewed. Um, but here's the other conspiracy. Apparently, one of the refs from yesterday's game is a former Rams player. <laughs> Go figure. Um, so, I mean, you can you can hoot and holler. We can blame the refs. But at the end of the day, the Rams did what they had to do to get where they were. Uh, they go to the Super Bowl. Um, and think about it this way, Joe. Two years in a row now as a Saints fan, we had the Minneapolis miracle last season, and now we have the the pass interference ghost call. I don't know what you're going to call it. I don't know if it's a voodoo or anything else like that, but I will be the first one to say this. Drew Brees will be back next season because there's going to be some fire down in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And let me give a quick shout-out to everybody who's joining us right now. We got David Anthony Bellon. We have who else? We have Frank Ramirez is joining us, Carolina Teague, and Tony Ornales. What's up, Tony? What's up, guys? You know, Dylan, I mean, I feel for you, man. I really do. And I know that you're still <laughs> grieving right now. But it's just one of those things you're just going to have to deal with. You're going to have to suck it up in a way <laughs> and hope for, for next <laughs> year. Because at this point, there's really nothing that anybody can do about it. It's over. It's done. And when the refs come and they say, hey, we missed a call. It's like you said, what what good does it do you? You know, other than just, okay, it's putting salt in the wound. Why didn't you make the right call to begin with? You know? Yeah. And there's a petition going around about having a reset game, and it's over 400,000 signatures. Um, even a betting website has actually refunded uh, fans their money from that game because, realistically, you get that pass interference call. Sean Payton said it best in his presser. He said, we take a knee three times, run down the clock, game over, we've got a chip yard shot for a field goal. And that's the realistic of what happens. Now, the Rams, on the other hand, I'm sure are butthurt because, yes, they won the game, but now, what do you think is going to happen on media day? What do you think is going to happen to the Rams for the next two weeks? Hey, what about that pass interference call? Hey, what about this? That wasn't the only pass interference that was missed, okay? And yes, Rams fans that want to tell me, well, they missed some calls on the Saints. Yeah, they did, but it wasn't game-changing. This was a game-changer. This one stings. This one is – it's even hard to tell because I can tell you this, and I'll tell Facebook. I told my 11-year-old yesterday, the Saints lost. Breakdown City, USA. Yes, that's my daughter. She broke down. She said the refs suck. I appreciate her. And that's what made me laugh about the whole ordeal is that it's, it's a passionate fan base. And I don't see why Goodell wouldn't want a new Orleans saints uh, fan base to travel to Atlanta because it would be packed. It would be a home game. 
And can, and I would like to say with Carolina and Atlanta's Twitter, by the way, a slow clap for you because you're trolling the Saints. I get it. Um, but all the trolling is just getting out of hand sometimes, uh, especially when I see Rams fans. I'm like, uh, where were you three years ago? All of a sudden we're here. I mean, were you wearing Eagles jerseys last year? I'm just saying, I'm just asking. You're asking for a friend. <laughs> just Yeah, I am. I'm asking for a friend. You know, and speaking of friends, one of my friends went at you earlier today, and I thought it was quite funny because I was like, you know, oh, yeah. I know Dylan's all in good fun, by the way. Oh, I hope yeah. He all doesn't good think fun. that I'm like really upset with him. No, you know, and I was telling my friend Gio, Giovanni, you know, he was here's the one that yeah. you were going back and forth with. And I'm like, oh, Dylan, Dylan is just a, was a little salty and he's still mad. So if you're coming at him. Like you said, especially if you're a Rams fan, he's got something for you, you know? So it was funny. I yeah, thought oh, it was you, comical. Yeah, and the thing is, Joe, is like every fan deserves, I, and I feel this way, and I'll probably have to say it on my show Sunday, but every fan deserves that 24 to 48-hour window. Let them, let them relax. Let them cool off. And, and, I, and I say this, and I should say this too to myself, stay off social media for at least, at least 24 hours. <laughs> let everything sizzle. But this was such a hot topic that, I've never, and I've been around sports my whole life, and I, I, I've told people you can't blame the refs. You can't do that. Honestly, you can blame the refs in this game. This was that's how bad it was, and even the national media knows that. Um, and I want to see Joe. I want to see action taken by the NFL. This crew either needs to be fined or they need to be fired. I mean, that's an obvious pass interference call, and it's up to Goodell now because look, Goodell, you get your Super Bowl that you want. But now you need to come back on these refs and go ahead and say, you know what? You guys are good. We're not going to be using you anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you make a bad play in the game, you're going to get cut. Look at the kickers. If you miss a field goal, you're cut. Okay, well, this is their play. This is their play to throw a flag. How come they're not going to be cut? How come they're not going to be fired? You know, and that brings up a good point. You know, like, say, what happens when you're an NFL player or you're an, or an NBA player, for example? There's a certain rule set that you have to abide by. You know, you have to, everything from the outfit to the way that you conduct yourself on the court, and even sometimes what happens behind the scenes in practice. And if you don't abide by these rules, what happens? You wind up getting fined. So my question is, why can't we implement some type of rules of that nature for the refs? If you make so many bad calls, you should get fined. And I hear, and I hear that they actually do. Obviously, every ref in association out there, from soccer to basketball to football, you go back and review the tape. Um, you know, and they go back and they review calls. But I'm curious, do you go back and say, okay, you're the the base judge or the line judge here? What did you not see? And what they don't see and what they can't prove? Okay, then obviously your head wasn't in the game. Uh, depending on their salary, because I'm sure they don't make that much. Um, but I would say, here, I got to take at least five grand from you for that. That's a missed call. Yeah. I mean, he he that that crew changed the Super Bowl like that. You got to wonder. Like that. You got to wonder. You think these refs put a little bit of money on the game, you know, and they have to call it a certain way so they can they can get it their cash. It happened in the NBA. <laughs> it happened in the NBA not too long ago. There was that ref that was actually putting money on the games, and I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past you, Joe. I think that's an excellent thought. You know, before they get out on the field, they make a little online bet, you know, and they got to, you know, cover the spread, you know, do something to 
Hey, get a little extra cash. Especially if you're a former Ram. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're a former Ram and you're in that angle, I'm just saying, you just you got it made. So let's ask you a question. So how do you think Chiefs fans are feeling right now? Because same thing, similar thing <laughs> happened. You know, you're getting near the end of the game. Tom Brady is very un-Tom Brady-esque and that he throws a bad pass. Gets tipped you know kind of goes the other way it looks like it's going to be an interception or fumble guy starts running back looks like it's a good you know that's game over then all of a sudden they're like hold on now let's throw a late flag and then they go back to the replay and they show the blue line and clearly somebody was over the blue line so they're bringing that they're bringing that call back so they null and void and they cost the chiefs a potential trip to the super bowl now, how do you think that is called? Is it kind of you think similar? Is should the Chiefs fans just be as mad as you? I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm irate. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. At, I'm not even mad at the Rams. Okay, um, that was that offsides call sucked. Uh, and I would tell you this. Let's let's replay this one. Okay, this is the way that I would see this pan out. He throws that pick, right? My question to you, Joe, did the defensive man that caught the ball have possession of the ball when he caught it? Because if he's not offsides, you get the interception, you know Mr. Belichick's on that sideline challenging that call. So either or, you would have had it go both ways. The other one that I don't like is the Tom Brady rule. The Tom Brady rule is that if you even make wind noise at him, it's roughing the passer. Um, and so last night, that was a blown call in the AFC Championship game. The hand comes down, and Tom is smart. I will give him this. He saw the hand come down. He moves his helmet. Because who makes that personal call? The head ref. Yeah. And that ref stands behind him. So at that angle, it looks like his hand hit him in the helmet. So he sold it. Granted. You don't get that many angles as a referee. Anything else like that, it happens. But that's the reason why the NFL has forced these rules to review. That stuff needs to start being reviewed because quarterbacks are going to see that and they're going to see how to do it. And football fans, I warn you, you make fun of soccer players who flop. Congratulations. It has now transitioned into the NFL. Yeah, it has. So are you even interested in the Super Bowl period? You have two teams that it's kind of like it, it, like everybody's saying it's kind of like it's a tainted Super Bowl. You know, you're going to watch because it everybody is. wants to watch the commercials. But do you really even care who wins? Yes. Okay. I do. And the reason for that is because I'm so salty against the Rams. And I hate to say this. I'm actually wanting to see Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. Now, hold on before you get all jumping on the bandwagon guy. That's not me. I want Tom to win a Super Bowl and right off into the damn sunset, okay? We're done with you. Belichick goes with you. Bye-bye, Patriots. This is a farewell game, guys, so don't let the Rams win. Let Patriots fans enjoy this season. Let them get their redemption game. I'm cheering for the Patriots. I don't like Peters. I don't like Tlaib. I don't like Goff. I don't like anybody that has Ram gear on. Um... So I want to see this because I think this is when Tom says goodbye. So it's an actual 
good thing that the NFL and sees this. But another good thing is Tony Romo. Can you not give him a round of applause? Because I enjoyed listening to him last night because he called every shot. <laughs> he did. And it was just amazing. He is the next Madden. Okay. That's what I'm telling you right now. So Tony's going to go and be one of these. You think he's going to be a great NFL coach? Everybody's calling for him to enter, you know, into no. the NFL coaching arena. No, he's having too much fun in that booth. He's loving it. He enjoys it. I mean, the knowledge that he actually brings is amazing because he called every shot last night during the, the last two-minute drives. He was going back and forth. He's like, he'd circle Gronkowski and say, look, they got this guy down here, and they're going to run Gronk this way. Watch this. Watch this. And he nails it every time. Yeah. I'm like, does this guy have a playbook? No, he's been there, and it's been exciting, and I'm glad. So, therefore, if you don't like the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, just enjoy Tony Romo because he makes everything exciting from even the, oh, this is a game changer. I mean, stuff like <laughs> that brings you back to Madden, okay? Oh, this is tough. This is close. You know, and Jim Nance has taken a back seat, which he has done so well. It's been a gentleman back seat, but Tony Romo is exciting, and I would like to see him call – Gosh, I wish they would put him at Monday Night Football, to be quite honest with you. He's better than Jason Witt. Oh, God, I don't know how man. those two, like, room together in Dallas because one is extremely exciting. The other one's just mediocre. Yeah, he needs to give some tips to Witten because Witten is just god-awful, man. I want to just, you know, He's really awful. just turn the volume down and just put on music or something. I don't even want to oh, hear that him talk. that whole crew on Monday it's Night horrible. Football is awful, and they re-signed him for one more season. Why? <laughs> I don't know because nobody wants the job. Apparently, I don't. I don't see that happening. Oh man, that's awful. Well, let's go ahead and move forward a little bit, and I want to talk to you a little bit about some Spurs basketball. And specifically, let's talk about some comments that Demar Derozan said after yesterday's disappointing loss to the Clippers. He only had eight points okay. on the night. So they asked him after the game, like, "So what's going on? You know, you sat out the other game the uh, the other night because." Apparently you had a, a left ankle injury and he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, he's like, basically he just said, and he even said it, uh, Jabari Young had it on, on his Twitter for the athletic. He said, I'm just playing like shit. You know, that's basically what he said. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. He owned up to it. All right. You're just playing like he's in a funk in other words. So moving yep. forward, do you think this has to do, and this is the one thing that I brought up with way in the beginning of the season. I think it has to do more with minutes played, Dylan. If we look at how many minutes he's played since the start of the season, he's played a ton of minutes. I think he leads the Spurs right now in minutes played. Maybe the guy is just you know? dead tired, man. What do you think? No, he's tired. He's struggling. I mean, he he's he's struggling through January. He's lackluster. Um, he knows that he ain't going to be an all-star. Uh, in fact, I don't think anybody on the Spurs roster is going to be an all-star. And I don't mean that to be rude, but that's where we stand. We are mediocre. And I think something has to happen. And with DeRozan coming out and speaking, uh, it could happen. Bellinelli was doing it too last night, Joe. He called out the, the whole team on, on saying, we're losing games that we should be winning. And, and I say it all the time on my show. You can't lose these games to Charlotte. You can't lose these games to the Clippers who are falling through the West. Yes, they were up top, but now they're falling and you're losing to them at home. At home, you can't lose at home, you know. And DeRozan, I think he was what four for sixteen last night. Yeah, he was bad. Only eight points on the. I mean, mat. that's awful. 
Yeah, yeah you, you can't be that way and be an all-star caliber player. Um, but, you know, it really comes down to where they're going to be. But honestly, Joe, I think this is the team that we have. The first round maybe, maybe get to that second round, but that's it. But you don't the, want to face Golden that's, State. That's Those blasphemy. That's blasphemy, Dylan, because Spurs fans here always get mad every time you say something or I say something and, and yeah. that of that nature. And we're like, look, this team is who they are. They might be good enough to make the yep. playoffs, but they're probably going to wind up getting bounced in the first round. You know, and then everybody comes at yep. us and gets mad at us and says, oh, you can't be talking about my Spurs. I'm like, everybody sees it. You've seen it since the beginning of the season. Weren't the fans saying tank for Zion, right? Tank for Zion. Yeah. Let's tank for Zion. Yeah. Fire pop. Pop needs to go. You know, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, it is what hey, it is. The Spurs fans are fickle, man. I, you know, and I, I brought it up yesterday on my show. I, I said it's time for Pop to resign. And it ended up becoming a 30-minute segment. Uh, I didn't, you know, mean for that to be, but apparently I'm a butthead because I've said that. And I don't mean it to disrespect, yeah. but I, there's change. There's change coming. There's a song out there. Google it, iTunes it, change coming. It's coming. Um, we're yeah. just not, we're in panic mode. Spurs fans and even the Spurs media, a.k.a. us and the others, we're in panic mode because we're like, we're not used to this. It's been 20 years. Um, I would like to see the Spurs do a change. I, I want to see a trade. I want to see Pau Gasol go. There you go, Joe. First on your podcast, <laughs> me, the supporter of Pau Gasol. It is time for him to go. Please trade him. Popovich, if you're listening, trade him, please. Um, you know, see what we can get. See if we can make a run. Hey, but Marcus uh, is doing great, though. Marcus is doing great, but I was going to tell you, it looks like Mar uh, Bartlett made up and uh, is uh, singing the praises of Patty Mills now, so I think he still might want to hang on to Patty Mills. Yeah, Bartlett's Bartlett, though. He'll switch real quick, trust me. <laughs> He'll turn on him as soon as he has a four-point game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So moving forward, this is the thing that I was going to tell you as well. You just brought up a great topic of discussion, you know, that's kind of salty with Spurs fans. You're saying, no, oh, it was Coach Pop. You know, you want to see some change there at the head coaching position. But if we look at some of the news that broke going back to last week, all the news was about the comments that Coach Pop said. He said when he was asked about his future with the team by Mark Stein of the New, uh, the New York Times, he basically said, you know, I don't know if I'll return. You know, I don't know. And from that, big old stories broke and everybody wanted to write their clickbait stories. And basically he was just saying, I don't know. You know, and at this juncture, and I was saying, I even wrote an article about it. I said, P Coach Pop is 70 years old. At some juncture, we have to prepare ourselves because he is going to retire, you know? And when the yeah. end comes, it rarely comes with the warning. If he decides he's done, he's done. Just like Duncan, you know, he just walked off the court. See ya, and I'm out. At least a real yeah. nice statement. I'm retired. You know, maybe Coach Pop would probably do the same thing. But the thing is, if Coach Pop does decide to retire, we don't know who that successor is going to be. I'm sure that Coach Pop will have some, you know, part to play in picking his successor. But at this juncture, we don't know. Is it going to be a Tori Messina? Will it be Becky Hammond? Will it be Ume Adoka? Or will it be somebody else that we're not even, even thinking about right now? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, to me, um, well, you know where I stand. 
Um, I'm ready for Popovich to step down. I think the game has changed on one of the greatest coaches in NBA. Um, he's always hinted, Joe, though, that he's – I don't know if I'm going to come back. I don't know. I don't know. He's always said that, even after championship runs, even in the middle of Tim Duncan's career. Popovich has always been that way. The, the smart media, a.k.a. the San Antonio media, has always known that about Pop. The, the dumbass media, which is ESPN, Jalen Rose, and TNT, and all these guys that jump on us late are saying, oh, well, no, 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 trouble in San Antonio. I don't think that's a problem. Now, will Pop leave? Maybe. But I can tell you this. One of my good friends told me Pop might not leave because this is his family. You yeah. know, this is his family. This is what he's done his whole life. So it's one of those things back and forth. Um, but if he does leave and retire, I would say this to R.C. Buford. Let's clean house. Let's get some new young gun coaching staff. Let's see what happens. Do I think Becky Hammond is going to be the next head coach of the San Antonio Spurs? No, she's not ready. I don't think she's ready yet. Um, I think she's a powerful assistant coach. I think she can do that. Um, you know, but as far as if I look down the staff line, Give me somebody new. Give me somebody young. Give me, you know, give me somebody that's hungry. Pop's been hungry. He's won five championships. He's just getting full, man. He's just getting full. He's trying to get through the motions. And I said this on yesterday's show. Kawhi Leonard destroyed this franchise with a click of a button. And that's the reason why people should boo him every time he plays here for the rest of his career. Um he destroyed this because the plan was for him to take over and his uncle didn't want him to be in this well. And so Kawhi really destroyed this franchise. If you really look at it, the way they all retired was weird. I know Tim Duncan, when he just walked off the court, he was done. I thought the big three Joe would leave together. Yeah. I mean, why not right out of the same sunset? Right. And then for Manu to just say, you know what, I'll give you a couple more, but then I'm gone. And then for Tony to say, I still want to play, but I want more money. Okay, well, you got to go, bro. I mean, viva la France. But, again, <laughs> it was just weird. And it's been weird for the Spurs fan because it's like, this isn't the way Dynasty should end. They should all end together. Will yeah. there be a statue outside the AT&T Center of all these guys? Absolutely. But it's just been weird. And I think that the Spurs might need to just rebuild. And, and it starts with – rebuilding in in the coaching staff why not why not you have nothing to lose yeah so we know where you stand on that but let me ask you a different question we're going to go ahead and uh, kind of change gears real quick enter our last segment oh. on the night we're going to get into some mls soccer talk we've heard all the stuff that's been going on with austin and they got their mls soccer team and everybody was up in arms and they were getting mad on on you know on twitter and on social media why the, the San, yeah. San Antonio got screwed again? You know, we got screwed out of a, a pro team. I mean, when we look at the deal and we see everything that unfolded, I mean, there was really nothing. There was really nothing in place for us to say we're gonna get a team. That was never gonna happen because they had already made a deal over in Austin. So I don't, I don't know what happened. Some somebody dropped the ball somewhere. It seemed like a, it was kind of a, a lack of communication i don't know exactly what that was but i know you're very passionate about this do you think we're ever going to get a soccer team here in san antonio 
Yes. We have one now, um, SAFC. Um, they are a professional organization. It's a professional league. It's the United States League. Um, it's, a, it's a very, it's a huge league, uh, which corresponds with the MLS. So, yes, we have professional soccer. Are we going to get an MLS team? No. But once Austin fails and they come crying to us for a stadium, I'm going to tell you this, Joe. We're going to tell the MLS to stick it where the sun don't shine. Because <clears throat> I talked to Mayor Ron Nirenberg yesterday on the show, and I was actually curious about this. This was one of my first topics with them. Uh, so apparently you must have been listening to the show. Uh, but at the same time, I asked him, why not dip into the league La Liga? Uh, okay. And what that is, for those of you watching, um, is a Mexico professional soccer league. It's like Division One. It's like the MLS, but about five times better with the crowd. And with that crowd comes money to the city. We have a stadium already. Um, I I wouldn't be against it. And, of course, the mayor said, you know, hey, there's a lot of rules here because, obviously, it's international. Uh, we'd be the first ever United States club uh, to have La Liga, which I would think would be amazing. Uh, the, the crowds would be amazing. I've always said this, even with my brother for the past 10 years, we're so close to the border. Um, you know, apparently there's a wall right outside of our city as well. But <laughs> at the same time, um, you know, we're so close. Why not do it? But the mayor's focus on that. I think we're too little too late and it's not his fault. It is Mayor Phil Hardberger's fault that the MLS has given us the cold shoulder. And a lot of people say, well, Dylan, that guy was mayor six, 10 years ago, or however long, there was a movement for, for Major League Soccer right during the change uh, when Phil Hardberger took over in San Antonio. Phil Hardberger told the MLS, not today. That commissioner is still in charge of the MLS. Now, Phil Hardberger has a park. That's awesome. But we don't have an MLS team, yet Austin, who is 60, 70 miles north of us, has a team. Joe, will that team make it in Austin? No, it won't. Uh, the reason for that being is that Austin has failed three times, three, with Major League Soccer. Um, in fact, they tried to get the Columbus crew, but the Cleveland Browns stepped in and said, no, not today, that's not going to happen. But when you can present to the commissioner a stadium like they have presented – it just outlasts San Antonio. And the commissioner has a cold shoulder against us, and he always will have that cold shoulder for as long as he is a commissioner. Ron Nirenberg, yes, that's on his tentative things. You know, you've got soccer. Um, he's also got football. He is still determined, Joe, to get NFL here. Uh, he's saying maybe within 10 years. Um, but at the same time, the third one, Joe, is baseball. And, Joe, I want to ask you, out of those three, which one is more realistic to you? To me, the more realistic option would probably be, like you said, the the Ligra or league, you know, with the soccer. I, I don't really think that we have the infrastructure in place for baseball. I mean, we have an aging Nelson Wolf Stadium. And if, any, if you've never been there, if people have never been there, it's an okay venue. But then when you go to other you know, stadiums that are around Texas and you see what they have done with more modern stadiums. Wolf Stadium is way behind the times. 
Then if I go and I watch an, a, a San Antonio FC game, which I like watching soccer, I like going out there and supporting, that stadium is nice, you know? And it's yes. and the thing is, it's built for upgrades. You, you'd walk around the stadium yes, and you can see that they're ready to expand. To me, it just makes complete sense to put all put all your effort into soccer. I yeah, I see that, and I know that with the with the AAA ball club that's coming, um, there was some rules that basically San Antonio had to follow. Uh, and run your numbers as you want to, San Antonio, but uh, I'll put out the numbers for you. Seventy-five percent of the upgrades that are happening at Wolf Stadium are coming out of your pocket. The other 25 is coming out of the missions who are helping to upgrade. Now, they are doing upgrades, but I can tell you, baseball fans, you will not see these upgrades. They are on the interior. They've added a 1,000 square feet inside the clubhouses uh, to make it more – because the ball players that are coming here now, there's a bigger roster, okay? Uh, positive on this is we are the largest population size for AAA baseball, so we will be on the map. We are pairing up with a very good squad, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's a bonus as well. So we will see some of those players that will switch in and out. It's exciting. It's a step up. I like baseball. I do think baseball could work here, Joe. I think you can look at the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are going to need a home. And Oakland sucks. It All does. Right? Everybody's moving out of there, <laughs> even the Warriors. Okay. Even the Raiders. So They're the going to A's Vegas. Need somewhere to go. You know, and if they can get there, can we get the A's? It'd be perfect. Because if you think about it, we'd have a Texas triangle in MLB, just like we have a Texas triangle in the NBA. Because the Athletics, the Rangers, and the Astros, same division. So what kind of rivalry do you get there? And with baseball, Joe, in this city, it's affordable. I love the sound of the NFL. Jerry Jones ain't going to let that happen. We know that. Yeah. We, we can push for it all we want to. But with Major League Baseball, it's affordable. You don't need to sell out every game like you want because the commissioner of the MLS wants you to sell out every game. And that stadium can only be used for soccer, and that's it. Um, you know, So there's rules and regulations there. Where are we going to put an NFL stadium? I don't know. Where, where can we put one? Do we have to split it between here and Austin? I don't want to do that. If San Antonio is going to get a professional team, I want it to be San Antonio getting it. I don't want to be – splitting it between Austin. I don't like Austin. You know why. Uh, <laughs> but I still don't like Austin, okay? It's a perfect scenario to where you can either use the quarry that's next to SAFC Stadium for, for an MLB stadium or for whatever stadium that you want. It's in San Antonio. Or you know what, Joe? Blow up Rotama Park and put something out there because who goes to horse racing? I've never covered it on my show. I've never heard you talk about it either. I've gone a couple times. It's, it's not a bad venue, but I mean... When you have live horse racing, you can only do that in a small portion of the year because the weather's bad the other half of the year. So you're looking at around the springtime yeah. and the summer. But after that, what do they do at Rotama yeah. Park? You see on TV that they have a carnival or they're having some other type of event to try to, you know, get some type of revenue in. I mean, that place, I think it would be better used, like you, like you just said, doing something but else with it. You know, it's just empty space yeah. right now. I went to prom there in high school, but that was like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, true that. I'm looking at a comment somebody said. They said, uh, I made them choke choke on themselves when I said 
Raiders, the hell with Jerry Jones. He's not the owner of the NFL. <laughs> I was like, I, I guess I said, the only thing I said was the Raiders won out of Oakland and they're going to yeah. Vegas, man. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I see that um, Sonia Dominguez is in here too and she's saying we need our own NFL team. Been waiting on that for years. Yeah, NFL is popular, but look at the stadiums, folks, that are going up in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas. Do you really want to pay for a billion-dollar stadium? Look how long it took Jerry Jones to get that thing sponsored up there. I mean, oh, realistically, man. you got to think of cost. And with Major League Baseball, you build a stadium, you make something unique about it. For God's sakes, just do the chocolates. I mean, hello, that's that worked just fine. You know, the Oakland Athletics can become the San Antonio Chocolates or the San Antonio A's for the Alamo. I mean, it's already there, but you got to make your baseball stadium unique. That's the key factor in baseball, okay? Make the stadium unique. Make it family atmosphere. And baseball's affordable, Joe. I got a family of five. Yeah. I'm going to take them to a baseball game more than I'm going to take them to an NFL game. I love the NFL, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to pay $85 to sit up at the very top, all right? I want to play pay 20 bucks or 25 bucks to sit down the third baseline, go enjoy some, some authentic street tacos because you got to have something in your stadium. Okay. So they don't have that in Austin. Baseball looking for something. Call me. I'll, I'll give you our ideas in San Antonio. Mayor Ron Nierenberg. I'll tell you what, I'll be on that staff. I'll help Nelson Wolf and we'll nail this team to get them here. Yeah. I like me some baseball. I mean, I've gone to the, I go to the games, you know, I've gone to the flying chocolate games. It's a good time. I also have a family of five. So I take my family out there as well. And we like, you know, we like yep. going out for, you know, family night, going to a flying chocolates game. Yep. It's a lot of fun, you know. So, and it's affordable. And that's the thing that you have to look at. You know, the things that are affordable and are feasible for families to do together are going to be the San Antonio FC games. I mean, you could buy a ticket for as cheap as 10 bucks. You know, you can go and see a yep. missions game for about the same price. And, and you, you got to keep these things affordable and you got to make them unique, like you said, and exciting. I think if the city can do all these things, it's just a matter of time before we see some improvements and maybe some better quality teams coming through here. But I got to tell you, Dylan, one of the things that I really want to see, I'd like to see a stadium near downtown, not the Alamo Dome, but a stadium near the downtown area. Because I think if you put a stadium near downtown, since it's in close proximity to the Riverwalk and the hotels, and not only that, but you have public transportation that plays a big factor into that. I think it would generate a lot of revenue for the city. Here's one for you, Joe. The stadium design, and I like it to be downtown, combine the river walk into it. No, that'd be nice, man. You could take a river no, boat. Yeah, you could take it to and from the, from the stadium. But then think about this, because everybody says, well, the San Antonio River is fake. It's only fake by the river center, but hey, it's we still call it the damn river walk. I'm just saying you can make an extension. We can make this happen, people. It's not that hard. And you make it unique. You'd be one of the only stadiums in America to have a river run through it. Hello. Yeah, that would be cool, man. If we could get that going, I think that would be a really unique think. unique destination. Oh yeah. You need to talk to Mayor Ron Nirenberg. Make it happen. <laughs> I need to get on his staff. Right. Hey, you need to you need to get him out to Orange Fitness, like Chris was saying. That dude's in shape, man. <laughs> he is, 
But I'm scared. If I get him out there, he's like going to use the VIP rack on me. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab these points, man. <laughs> Hey, the the mayor is cut, dude. Like legit, he is he's he's in great shape, man. That's what. How do we not have an NFL or MLB team with him, man? He just shows up, rips open the door, and says, "Hey, <laughs> let's come down to San Antonio." All right. Yeah, that's for sure, man. He's like the Chuck Norris of mayors. How about that? We we should start that hashtag with Ron Nirenberg, the Chuck Norris of mayors. The Chuck Norris of mayors. Hey, I like that, and you should get a shirt for him and put it on. Chuck Norris of mayors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we go ahead and close this segment or close this, you know, episode of the Two Shots podcast, where can everybody find you and all the great things you're doing? Because I know you have your own show called the Blue Collar Sports Dad. So where can they get with you on social media and also listen to your great show? Uh, you can find me on Blue Collar Sports Dad on the Facebook page, which I'm almost to a thousand. I've got like 60 more people. So it's a goal to get to a thousand. So if you're listening to me, you're finding me right now, and you're like, "Who is this man that's talking with blinds behind him?" Um, it's Blue Collar Sports Dad on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow me at BC Sports Dad, uh, which is short for Blue Collar Sports Dad. So it's BC Sports Dad. Uh, but you can also tune in every Sunday morning to Ticket Seven Sixty from 10 a.m. to noon. And I think one of my um, listeners the other day gave me the best quote ever for my show and I like it. I want to run with it. I am the church of sports on Sunday <laughs> on ticket 760. So tune in. And then also you can find me on iHeartMedia. Uh, Brian Gann over there has given me access to have my own podcast, uh, which is available. So if you can't listen to me while you're listening to Jesus and his words, uh, you can always listen to me at a later date because I'm on demand as well. So you're going to do a show one day dressed as a, like a, a priest, you know, like you're going to wear a blue collar sports dad shirt with a little collar on it, the I little should. white collar. You can also make Hutch a deacon. You can make Hutch a deacon. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> funny because my father-in-law, he's actually a pastor. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird that, you know, it's like, hey, did you listen to the show? And he's like, uh, I was in church. I'm like, ah, well, I get you. Uh, but he listens to me on demand, and it's really funny because I was actually heard during Thanksgiving dinner at, in a place in Oklahoma, go figure, that oh somebody my. turned on Alexa and said, play Blue Collar Sports Dad, and they listened to me while they gave thanks. I was like, that was weird, but okay, the, the stories I get, Joe, they're funny. Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a oh. gripe with Hutch, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But real quick, yeah. before you get on Hutch, because I get on him every Sunday, Rudy Compost. I know you're watching. You saw me at Andretti Racing. Next time, come up and see me, buddy. You can come say hi. Don't worry. My family doesn't bite, nor do I. Um, he says, because he says, next time I see Dylan at Andretti's, I'm going to ask him for an autograph. I'll give you an autograph, and I'll give you, a, I don't know, the shirt off my back, because that's all I got. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I have a gripe with Hutch, because I was listening to, to Mike Taylor in the morning one time, and Hutch was just in a foul mood, man. I don't know what it was. He might have just... Got not not got enough sleep that night, but he were, they were listening to Pearl Jam because you know Mike Taylor he loves him some Pearl Jam right, so Mike Taylor was saying yeah, man, that song better man that's a great song, and I think Hutch was playing it in the background you know as background music, and then Hutch says, oh he goes I hate that song he goes I don't like Pearl Jam every time I hear Better Man, I hear Butter Pan, <laughs> can't find the Butter Pan, so every time I hear that damn song now. <laughs> That's what I hear. Can't 
find the damn butter pen. Thanks for that, Hutch. <laughs> it's, hey, that's Hutch for you. I mean, yesterday he gave me entry music for like a heavy metal band for the mayor. I was like, thanks, oh, Hutch. God. Thanks for that. He's like, oh, it's a San Antonio band. Yeah, some of his music is is awesome. I can tell you that. But yeah, it's pretty he's a good gnarly. guy. It's always it's always fun with him on Sunday mornings because uh, he's been drinking that whiskey the night before. So it's kind of nice to be really loud, and that's what I bring over to that show. Is he drinking Devil's I Rivers gotta, whiskey? I gotta get you on though. I gotta yeah. I gotta at least get you on to talk Spurs sometime as we get closer in the rodeo road trip and as we all start to panic. Because I'll tell you one thing, man. If I if I'm the only one. That is like saying that pop needs to go. I need I need to at least have a vice president here on this on this club here for this man. There you go, man. So I'll I'll be glad to join you. But I think that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So for Dylan Emery, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for tuning in and watching us. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.